Hello, hello, and welcome. You are listening to The Spiritual Exercises. I'm Rachel Amaday. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for being here. Today is my normal Bible study day, and um, I usually try to discuss things that have just been naturally coming up in my own life, because what I find is a lot of the time uh, what we're discussing amongst people in our own groups is also what other people are discussing. And I find that to be true because the Holy Spirit is always working on his people. And so this topic has been coming up quite a bit lately. And I think it's because, number one, it feels like everything I've been talking about for months now is God trying to prepare me and my heart for whatever's coming and God trying to prepare his people for whatever is coming next and that there might be a great shift taking place that we're in the middle of that we're watching take place and a great spiritual shift that is going to put a lot of us in a position to have to make some tough decisions. I mean, we already kind of had to do that over COVID. I think there are more tough decisions possibly coming, at least from what we're seeing with the global markets and globalist period and from our own leadership and just the the tone, the vibe of uh, our society. So I think God wants to prepare us to trust him to be faithful to him, and to live in a way that is above what is going on around us. And this particular topic really hits that piece, I think, especially. We're going to talk today about forgiveness. And I think it's because, number one, one one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is, especially if you get on Twitter or social media, people are very vengeful right now. They're very angry. Uh, there's a lot of distrust of one another. One thing that I've seen, and uh, you know, even I have been possibly even guilty of, is the idea that it's going to be very hard to forgive people who basically kind of acted like authoritarians during the COVID lockdowns and were willing to destroy a lot, were willing to destroy relationships um, because the government told them to. And there's a lot of unforgiveness out there around that. I don't want to be in that block of people. I don't want to be unforgiving. And there's a lot of reasons we're going to discuss today. The main one being that God calls us to have forgiveness in our hearts towards others because of how greatly he forgave us. And we're going to get into a parable that Jesus tells that really speaks to that. But we have been given such an incredible gift. And with this same measure of forgiveness that God has granted us, I mean, with what he bore for our sake, We are supposed to remember that and in gratitude, let go of how we feel about being vengeful towards others. Let go of that and be able to live free of what others have done to us, free of how others have perceived us, free of how others have hurt us. And that's kind of the ultimate, right? To have freedom, to be able to do what you want and move about the earth the way you want to. It's very hard to do that when you are carrying the burden of bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. 
I think being able to forgive and forgive people in your past is going to become a hallmark of the believer right now and to not be vengeful, but instead to speak with truth and honesty, but to always be caring about others. You know, we are also told to pray for our enemies. Uh, We're going to talk about that, but what a difficult task, and yet it assists us to forgive. We're going to talk about the science of forgiveness as well and how it benefits you, because I would say God is smarter than we are, and he knows when he tells you to do something, it's going to be healthful for you. It's going to be helpful for you. Not only is it going to be beneficial to others and a great testimony of who he is, but you are going to receive blessing and benefit. And in this case, once again, we see forgiveness is actually going to keep you healthy, but Let's start with a quote. Um, Bitterness is like taking a poison, but you hope someone else dies. This is so true. I used to attend a church where the pastor was so good at talking about bitterness and how it will poison your soul, and it will turn you into something and someone you were never meant to be. And I know people, I have people in my direct life, my personal life, who have an unforgiving spirit and who are incredibly bitter. And they are warped. They're warped in their thinking. They're warped in their view of the world. They're unable to make progress in the areas they want to because bitterness is poison and it holds you back and it holds you down. One great definition I heard for forgiveness is that it is giving up your right to hurt someone for hurting you. You know, when you think about someone who's hurt you and you think about them in an unforgiving way, I think most people probably imagine what vengeance would be like for them and how great it would be if that person could just be crushed or be showed how wrong they are, right? And we feel we have that right. But God tells us that vengeance is his. And that not only that, but in the Old Testament, he actually gives this beautiful promise to his people. He says, if you will follow me, if you will do what I ask, your enemy will be my enemy. I will fight on your behalf. And so if you are walking with the Lord and you love him, he does that work on your behalf. He will go out and pave the way. You don't have to worry about getting vengeance. It's our job to do what Christ did, which is to love in the way that he loved. So, and that doesn't mean, again, that doesn't mean we don't tell the truth. What I really don't like about a lot of churches today is they think being merciful and gracious and forgiving and kind means that you hide the truth. I don't think that's what it is. I think you actually have to face the truth in order to work through bitterness. You actually have to have conversations and you have to sit down, not only have conversations with yourself, but with other people. What happened here? This hurt me. This was wrong, you know, or what you're doing is wrong. It's harming people. That is healthy. That's a healthy and important part of the process. But um, we do have to find a way to forgive and let go in order to truly live a free life. So here we are in an effort for me to constantly convince you, hopefully all the time, that God is smarter than we are and that his word is unendingly brilliant and that taking God's advice reaps incredible rewards. Let's, let's dig into how forgiveness is incredibly rewarding for you. Um, by the way, when I talk about blessing, I just want to remind you, I know in America, we're too often motivated only by monetary or like sexual or power desires. And we forget that other blessings exist, but there are other blessings that God pours out on his people who abide in his ways. And those blessings access deeper spiritual waters than just a few extra zeros in your bank account. So 
These blessings address the most basic of human motivations and needs. If you're a very ill person, I like this example, very, very sick and unhappy, and you have a lot of money, but not none of that money can heal you, what do you really wish for? It isn't more money likely. It's more than likely you wish for health. You wish for your youth back. You want to feel well. If you ask someone who's under significant stress what they wish for, even if it's monetary stress, what they really want at the end of the day is peace, physical peace, mental peace, spiritual peace. I think all of that is accessible to the believer right now, no matter what situation you're in. And it just takes a perspective shift. Okay, let's talk about the science of forgiveness first. There's an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed. And this is going to be a quote from Karen Swartz, who's a doctor and director of the Mood Disorders Adult Consultation Clinic at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Chronic anger puts you into a flight or fight mode, which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels and leads to improved health. So that's according to one doctor at Johns Hopkins. We have another doctor. She is a neuroscientist. Her name's Dr. Caroline Leaf. Some of you may have heard of her. And she um, says something along these lines. There is a law of relationship at the quantum level. So if you look at the quantum field, we have all sorts of really strange things going on where our frequencies and our mindset really changes our environment, changes how we view other people and changes the response that we receive. And so she, she talks about being entangled with other people in that field. As humanity, we're made from a God of love. And because we're made in that God's image, his love is really all around us. Now, we don't have to accept it and we don't have to live in it. We don't have to live out of it. But it is accessible to us in every place we're at. That potential for love is right here, right with you wherever you are right now. When we operate in toxicity, our energy is distorted. And instead of working with the love that God is pouring out, we emit something toxic. Your mindset determines the quality of your energy. And when you are in a dark mindset, you affect those around you differently than when you're not. So forgiveness, what it kind of does in the quantum level is it disentangles you from others and you cut off the power that someone's bad action towards you has had. When you forgive, they no longer have that power to wreck and ruin your frequency in the world. I'm a musician. I know about frequency. I'm telling you, this is real. Not only is it scientific, but I watch it happen in every room I play music in. What I put into that music and the frequencies that go out, change the mood, change the space, change the vibe. If you know anything about music, you cannot get around this ultimate truth, okay? And when you are living in unforgiveness and bitterness, the music you write, the creativity that you have, it will all be right in that place. And it's not going to do what you want to do, which is help people, love people, Be better about having good relationships, right? Have higher level relationships. And most importantly, be obedient to the Lord. Unforgiveness will keep you attached to the source of bad energy. Okay, so if you truly want to be free of someone or something, the first step is forgiveness. And the best way for you to ensure that someone who harms you continues to harm you 
is to stay bitter towards them. You know that, right? You watch bitterness eat people alive and you look at how unhealthy that is. It's not even fun to talk to people who are in that place because they will just keep gossiping and talking about it and they'll talk about it and talk. They just can never move past it. And they feel like when you talk to people in that headspace, they feel stuck, right? They just feel like their feet can't take a step forward. And I I get that. I've had times where it's been hard to forgive other people, but it is essential to be able to move and, and affect other people for the kingdom. Okay. And this seems just like old school advice, right? But again, when Yeshua says to pray for your enemies, he's giving you the ultimate keys to freedom in his kingdom. And we know that from the science that's coming out on this, from what they've been able to discover about bitterness and unforgiveness versus people who are very forgiving. There are health, psychological, physical health benefits to living living in that space. And so Jesus knew what he was talking about. The Bible knows what it's talking about. So let's dig into that. So in Romans 12, we have this from Paul, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now we're going to get into Caroline Leaf again a little bit here, but she talks about how you have to take that evil thing that might've happened to you, that hard thing, that's so hard to forgive, and you have to transform it in your mind, which means you do have to deal with it. You have to face it. You have to talk about it. You have to address it. But if you are aligned with the Lord, God can come in and help you transform that situation and see that other person the way God sees them, which is very hard to do on your own. It's not impossible, but I do think it's less possible. But when you let the Holy Spirit come in and remind you of how God has forgiven you much, Why does that give you perspective on how to treat others, right? In Matthew 18, Jesus tells Peter to forgive his brother 70 times, seven times. You know, Peter asks, how many times should I forgive my brother? Jesus says, you know, he says seven times. Jesus like, no, 70 times, seven times. He's basically saying, no, no, no. You need to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. And again, our Heavenly Father does that with us, does he not? How many things, how many times have we offended the Lord and he has graciously let it go and engaged with us and loved on us and walked us into blessing just time and time again? In Mark eleven twenty five, 25, whew, this one's tough. It says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Yikes. So this this is like a level up here telling you that um, and this this theme gets repeated throughout scripture. We see that God says, hey, don't come to me with your sacrifice and with your I'm sorry if you have an outstanding issue with your brother or sister, with that other person in Christ, you go make it right with them first, then come to me and ask. So God doesn't want you to come to him and go, oh, please forgive me for harming that other person or, you know, please Please, uh, you know, uh, love on me and talk to me today, but I am holding bitterness against another person. God says, no, no, nope. You got to go make that right. God really values our interpersonal relationships. They are so important to him. And when we're good at loving others, God loves that. And so he wants you to go make it right with the other person first. You know why? God doesn't need your sacrifice. 
Bible says this. He says this. He doesn't need your bull, right? He doesn't need your I'm sorry. He doesn't need any of that. He wants to see you enact his word on the earth. And and making a relationship right and healing a relationship is one of the most beautiful acts that human beings can do. It really is divine to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. So we're supposed to be good at this. And when we forgive others, by that measure, God will forgive us. Okay, God's already forgiven us everything, right? He already did that at the cross. Your your sins are covered. But God really doesn't like it when you are unforgiving and bitter towards your fellow man. Matthew 18, there's a parable Jesus says this, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. <laughs> that is, I love when people are like, oh, Jesus was so nice. He was so sweet. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if those are the right terms for our Messiah, the king who's going to return and who's going to say, were you forgiving towards others? Did you show mercy? Did you make it right with your brother? Because I made it right for you at the cost of my life. And you're not willing to forgive? Uh-uh, that's not my kingdom. You know, this is a really harsh story, but it is so, <laughs> it's so perfect, right? Because this, this, uh, this man at the beginning who is so unforgiving owes 10,000 bags of gold. That's how it feels for us, doesn't it? We owe Yeshua more than we could ever pay back. We, we could never put a number on what we are getting. On our end of the deal is pretty incredible that Christ paid for us to have the salvation, to be eternal like him, to be forgiven. So we have this incredible parable. We have, we, we understand what God has done on our behalf. We see how patient the Lord is with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. We see what it took for God to return us to relationship status with him. As hard as it is, we have to forgive. That's who we are because our God Our God's character is forgiving. That's who he is. And that's who we're called to be. 
God hides our sins and does not hold them against us. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Psalm 32, 1 through 2. In Psalm 51, 2 and 7, it says this, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. God's forgiveness is purifying, right? It it erases the debt once it's taken care of. Psalm 103, 8 through 12, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. King David wrote that before Yeshua even came. It is well known God's character was always one of forgiveness. It never changed. It was one of mercy and grace. And we we are supposed to be like our father. I'm harping on this right now because I think it's really hard for people to forgive one another right now. I think we've been shocked at what we've seen. And we can harbor that bitterness and tell that same story and stay stuck for the rest of our lives. Or we can move on. But there's some real keys to moving on here. And I I just want to point this out that from what I've seen, and, and this is true in my own life too, forgiving is not forgetting. Forgetting kind of makes you a fool, right? And it's okay to be a fool in that, you you know, you can hand your trust to someone over and over after you've forgiven them if you know what you're doing, if you have low expectations, right? If you've, if you've adjusted um, how you perceive that person, if you've decided to just love them no matter what, but you still have to face the reality of those that harm you, those that hurt you, those that might seem like an enemy, even people you live with who just make you miserable. You still have to face who they are and you have to change yourself, in order to live free around them or with them or despite of them, you know, depending on your situation. So forgiving is not forgetting. So if you don't work out that toxic situation that you might be in or might have been in, um, you can never move past it by attempting to just forget it because that information still sits there somewhere in your heart and your body and it's not being worked out. So it can still plant a root of bitterness. It'll just come out sideways, right? And you just want it to come out so you can be free from it. Uh, I will also note escaping into drugs and alcohol is definitely not going to help you deal with the problem. And a lot of people where I live, they think, oh, I'll just have a drink. Oh, I need a drink. Or, oh, I need... No, no, no. That's not actually going to help you deal with the difficult situation you're faced with. Progress can only be made if you can get over that wall that's in front of you. You can't pretend like it isn't there. According to Dr. Caroline Leaf, you have to transform your pain through reconceptualization. If you don't, you will just transmit your pain to others and to yourself, to all the cells in your body, to your heart rate, to everything else you have going on. So we got to go back to that mind of Christ, that transformative work that God wants to do that Paul talked about. God's forgiving by nature. He can recognize our sin and evil. In fact, he took it on at the cross. He fully understands us. And because of that, his love for us is the truest love. He can fully forgive us as he fully knows us. And he can fully empathize and have compassion on us and accept us because he fully knows us. We don't really have the mind of God in that regard. We can't fully understand why other people are doing things, but we can attempt empathy. We can attempt to see them the way God sees them. We can pray for them and God can give us wisdom about that situation. 
And we must decide to accept others, even if we don't fully understand them. To have that objective view, to have that compassion, because that's what God has done for us. So according to another interview I listened to today on this topic, forgiveness starts with compassion. And I think this is really true. It becomes so much easier to forgive once you understand someone else's life and situation, once you walk in their shoes for a moment. Once you see, oh, I can see how you've gotten here. I can see why you're angry. Now, yes, they're going to they're gonna be just straight up evil people. You come across them. You can't understand them. You have. It's going to be very hard to have compassion or empathy. There's a lot of people I can think of right now that it feels that way. But the reality is at some point in everyone's life, if they don't know the Lord, that's a tragedy. It really is. If they're living in that wickedness, their soul is condemned to hell. They're not free, even as much as they may seem like they're free, as much as they may seem like they're getting everything that they want, whatever it is you're dealing with. They're not free. Their future isn't in the Lord. And so we as believers just have to adjust our view and recognize we've been given more wealth than anyone else on the planet. We have more than anybody else has. We are the wealthiest people that have ever existed when we know and love Yeshua. That is all we need. That is our wealth. That is the place from which we live. And when you live like that, when you walk around like you have got everything that you're ever going to need, it really changes your view of the world. Number one, you become more generous. You become more compassionate. You don't feel like you're competing with others. Instead, you feel like you're there to help and serve others. And if you recognize that it's not by your work, but by the work of Yeshua, it keeps you humble. So this is something I'm working on right now as we try to restore relationships after all of the COVID stuff, as we try to restore relationship with one another after all of the um, <laughs> the masks we put on, both literal and figurative, after all of the ways that we harmed each other and yelled at each other and got angry with each other. You know, maybe you were right, but in all your rightness, isn't it awful that other people may be suffering who, who were wrong? Because they are. They are suffering. And in all your rightness, is that now going to actually help others? And is it going to help you? Is it going to help you move into the next phase God wants you to have? Forgive. Forgive. You don't have to forget, but forgive. Work on it. Work on it in your heart. Work on it with the Lord. Work on it with a therapist. Work on it with a brother who, who harmed you, who hurt you. Talk about it. Because you want to get to that place and it's hard work, but this is good work. And I really do believe that this level of forgiveness, the ultimate forgiveness is a hallmark of believers through all of human history. Loving your enemy is a hallmark of believers. It's easy to love people that aren't your enemy, right? That's easy. But to love your enemy, that is the hardest call. And that is what Christ has called us to. I hope this has been encouraging. This isn't the most, um, what would be the right term? I think a lot of people hear, oh, we're going to talk about forgiveness. I don't need this one. Nah, I I think I'll skip this one. This isn't as interesting of a topic. But this was on my heart, I believe, because we are entering a, a space where we are going to have great opportunity in this realm. The opportunity to forgive other people and to be a light in that way. It is such an incredible testimony, and I don't want us to miss it. I don't want you you to miss it. I also don't want you to miss the healing blessings of forgiveness, the freedom that it will give you. 
And, you know, dig around, ask the Lord to reveal if there's unforgiveness in your heart. Sometimes there's bitterness that goes back so long, we've almost forgotten where it stems from. And there are people who have lived with bitterness for decades and they need a little help kind of digging out maybe all the places where they've been unforgiving or where they they won't let go of their their own unforgiveness towards themselves, where they won't let God just forgive them. They won't give give that power to the Lord. They think that they are the ones, you know, you're the one to control what happens to you. And if you don't deserve it, if you don't deserve God's grace and mercy, you're not going to get it. I mean, think there are lots of people who think this way. I'm too horrible. I'm an awful person. I don't deserve grace and mercy. I'm never going to let it go. But what I see out of Paul, who was a murderer, right? And was kind of a bad dude when he was just in his you know, religious zealotry against the people of the way. What I see afterwards is he's so grateful for the work God has done. He's able to tell his story with objective honesty. He says, you know, I was an incredible sinner and none of my works, all my works were filthy rags compared to the work that Christ did on the cross. That's just objective reality. It's not filled with self-hatred or emotion. It's just, hey, this is who I was. This is what I did. I was the. I was actually the worst. Y'all think you're bad sinners? Uh-uh, I was the worst. But look, God forgave me. God's making me whole. God has given me his light. Well, I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to run with it. And I'm going to share it. And I'm going to bless other people with it. I'm going to accept the gift of forgiveness God has given me. That acceptance is freedom. So maybe that's your issue. Maybe you can't forgive yourself. And I get that. That's so human. But you know, in the long run, that hatred that you have of yourself will also keep you down. If you're constantly telling yourself you're awful and you're undeserving while God is trying to gift you with a ministry or with the life he wants you to have, you might be, get, you might be listen, the voice of Satan is the one of the accuser. You want to accuse other people and be unforgiving towards other people, and you want to do it to yourself. I don't know whose voice that is, but I don't think it's the Lord's. The Lord doesn't want you to live your life stuck and stymied in your past and in your sin. He wants you to stop sinning and move on, move into his light and work the work of the kingdom, which can be really hard to do if you feel like you're too awful to do it. You know, the point isn't whether you're deserving. That's the other thing. You're never going to be deserving. If we all actually sat down and analyzed what do we deserve, I don't even know how to properly judge that. The Lord alone could do that. It's pretty tough stuff. The point isn't about whether you're worth it or not. The point is that God is worth it. God has made you a unique and beautiful tool in his hands. Would you let him work with you, please? (laughs) It'd be nice, right? It'd be nice if you could let the Lord use you for his kingdom and stop telling him how terrible you are at it. Moses did the same thing. God got fed up with it. He's like, get off my mountain. Moses is like, I'm not a good speaker. I can't be the one you want to send. I'm not the right guy. You've got this wrong. And God's like, get out of here. I'm you. You're the one. I've chosen you. I don't, you know, get over it. Get over yourself. This isn't about you. This is about what I'm going to do through you. That's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. All right, y'all. I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful December so far, that you're not overly busy, that you're keeping it together, (laughs) and that maybe you're preparing or planning on um, observing Hanukkah this year and learning a little bit about that holiday, as well as 
kindly and gently having real conversations about God in the Bible with your family and with your friends, loving on people, leading them into the light of Yeshua, telling the truth, but telling it in love and being there for people. This is a really hard time of year for people. A lot of people are depressed this time of year. It's dark. Um, It can be very hard on the immune system, very hard on mental health. And so, um, you know, keep up your joy, take your vitamin D and your magnesium, (laughs) keep exercising, keep doing your devotions in the morning and be ready to help other people um, because they need it. Love you guys. I will, uh, I'll be back next week till next time.